Hi, and welcome to Creative Conversations for the Soul, the podcast that speaks to inspiring individuals and curious minds, lifting the lid on what it means to embrace true, wholehearted creativity. I'm Amber, and I'm your host. I'm a copywriter, writing mentor, and content strategist at The Wild Wordsmith, creating soulful stories for free-spirited brands. Today, I'm speaking to the wonder woman that is Abby Adams. I have to admit, pals, I'm a little bit obsessed with Abby. Her energy is infectious, and her knowledge knows no bounds. She's a professional movement coach and hormone health expert. She teaches and guides women down a path to better understand their menstruation, to breathe life into it. In this episode, we talk about all things the big key. When I say I could have sat and chatted to her for hours, I mean it. It's such a valuable educational episode. I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, Abby. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me, darling. It's good to be here with you. Absolutely. I'm excited. (laughs) So I start every podcast by asking my guest what their creative goal is for the week. So yeah, I'm interested in what yours has been or what it is. If I'm being honest with you, it's been to get my children out in nature. Oh, lush. That has been my creative goal. And I feel we've done really well, which is probably why I'm so tired today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh, we um we we climbed England's highest waterfall on on Monday, which was beautiful, and I'm so proud of my son. He walked barefoot up this uh, mountain face for nearly two hours, no complaining. It was the best day ever. Canantine Falls. If anyone oh. has heard of it or needs or, or would like to, go, please check it out. It's, it's stunning. And then we've had lots of beach days, checking out some beaches because we've just moved to Devon. So I, I, yeah, it's been it's been it's been really fulfilling. I, I I constantly every year make a vow to take summer off, and I never do it. But this year, because we've moved, I've dedicated more time, and I, because I've wanted to with my children and to explore, because that's what makes me happy is being out in nature. And and we was at the beach on the first day of my bleed uh, uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago, and. I sat on the beach and the kids were just playing. They were, they were so content. I was just playing. And I closed my eyes. And this, like my my wise woman came and sat with me and she just came down and I felt her expand. And she sat before me and she just told me things that I, you know, don't you don't need to do that. Yes, definitely to that. And it was just taking those five minutes to just tune in. And I find that... Being outside for me gives me that that cue, that opportunity to really to really absorb. I get so many like beautiful messages, you know, like like word drops. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Like that when I'm out to to bring me into my cycle, and 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 I was in my inner spring going up the waterfall, and I just like, the word unraveling and eruption of beauty. That all these things start to come to me, and it just it makes you feel great, you know. It's yeah. like tuning in to you and nature. It's like a battery recharge. So yeah. that's been my goal this oh, week. Oh, that is a nice one. That's just, oh, I got tingles when you were saying all of that. <laughs> that's so gorgeous. Well, mine is nowhere near as yummy as that. 
it's kind of always the same goal for me, trying to get words down for my book. And I'm, I'm just trying to put way less pressure on myself at the moment because I don't know, I'm feeling a bit of a block. I kind of am starting to feel a little bit, I don't know, some sort of anxious tendencies have been creeping back. So I'm just thinking as if I just look at the manuscript once a day, even if it's just a sentence that I write down or I just sort of meditate with it and see any ideas that come to me, then that's fine. I'm not going to tell myself I have to write like 500, 1000 words a day because realistically that just isn't happening at the moment. So yeah, that's my goal today. Hopefully I'll get a bit more done today because Fridays are my writing day, but I'm going to be doing it from bed because I'm just feeling like it needs to be a bed day. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one can see this, but obviously we're still in our pajamas. Yeah, we are. We're allowed those days. We are allowed those days. Isn't it interesting though, darling, when you when you feel the pressure at how it pulls the joy out of it and it's, it's it's finding that it's finding the joy again isn't it that inspires you to do what you want to do and I saw you when you went swimming in in the in the water that was just so wonderful and yeah, that really yeah. inspired me but yeah I I totally it's a there's no advice that you can give is there when it comes to having to direct yourself other than perhaps tuning into where you are in your menstrual cycle because this might not be a time yeah yeah is conducive to your writing and your downloading. A hundred percent. And that's why I'm so excited for our conversation today, because I've been trying to learn a lot more about my cycle, especially in the sort of past three months when I came off um, hormone contraception and finally sort of bled for the first time in a couple of years, like properly, you know, which just blows my mind that I put my body through that, to be honest. So I'm really trying to sort of get more in touch with what my cycle actually is, but I'm still really learning. So I'm very, very excited for everything we're going to talk about today. (laughs) (laughs) So to start off, I would love to talk about the phrase that you use in um, a lot of your marketing, a lot of your comms, breathing into menstruation, which I just think is a beautiful, beautiful phrase. I'd love to know, you know, what does this mean to you and where does your passion for helping women get in touch with their menstruation come from? So if I start from the breath bit, it's like I said, when I go out in nature, it is allowing yourself to just chill the fuck out. And I hope (laughs) no one gets offended by my my language. (laughs) I, I find that creative people tend to use uh, swear words oh, with passion yeah. instead of uh, offensiveness. <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> to breathe into menstruality is that moment when, you know, when the world feels like it's piling on top. I suppose we can use, relate this to your book, when you feel that you have got to be doing this and it's like everything is going to fall apart. And then you take that 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 breath and everything just crumbles away and you are with yourself and you have the opportunity to feel what is really going on with you. You're not, you're not impacted by what you believe to be true outside. You know, we've all got these conditionings and these perspectives and these lenses on that makes us see the world a certain way, the way we have been conditioned. And then that can take us further away from who we really are, you know, being able to feel this body. And so that that breath pulls you underneath your skin and you have that moment to actually I feel I feel okay, I'm all right. 
it's everything else around me that that isn't or my perception to it isn't so when I breathe into my into that moment when I breathe into my menstrual cycle I am picking up those words it's that one breath of opportunity you know to to really understand what you're made of to to feel into that energy and we don't get that opportunity enough because we're we're conditioned to believe we have to be busy all the time. That one breath is is your one moment to to really hold yourself and and to to yeah to find that truth I suppose inside of you when everything else wants to pull you away from from who you really are and make you, you know, go wild and crazy and and that's where the passion comes from. You know I I suffered with really painful periods growing up. To the point where I would pass out or collapse and I got rushed to hospital a couple of times and the emotional side of things you know I when I look back I I would have considered myself emotionally stable but I look back now and I was just wild I had I, you could say I had a drink problem I had a drug problem it was about getting out of my face and not having to deal with what was going on emotionally for me it didn't have to be that way and that was that was driven through the emotions that I was feeling within my menstrual cycle when I was pushing too hard. And when I went out, I went out to Miami after a particularly trying year to just get my head in the right space. And it was all about movement. We were moving all of the time. And, and my periods became regular. You know, mine were like 30 or a little bit more or a little bit less. It's all juggling around. But I was I was bang on twenty eight days, and there was no emotional kickback. It's like, what's going on? But I was eating so well. I was moving. I wasn't thinking, and you know, it wasn't about being caught up in my emotions. And my body just naturally reset itself. So this brought me into this curiosity of like, wow, what is a period? And then you start uncovering all of these, all of these facts, and and updated research into the fact that women aren't small men but we've been applying approaches to our bodies that told us that you know all of our research has always been done on men even even research for the thyroid when the thyroid issues are predominantly women and the reason being was because our menstrual cycle always made the research inconclusive and so it was too expensive. It was inconclusive. We might as well do the research on a man's body, and then we'll just we'll just like reduce it a little bit and pass it on to women because they saw us as as being little men. But that's not been working, and and what's not been working is the way that we have been living and and working uh, within whatever area or field that we, we're destined to be in, because we're driven into this twenty four hour marker. When in fact we work on that that monthly marker, so the uh, a masculine male body works really well with the twenty four hour clock, whereas we the circadian rhythm we work with the infradian rhythm, which is our monthly cycle, and yet still we are forcing and pushing everything into one day, believing that we've got to get it done now. It leaves no room for a cyclical nature. It leaves no room for these these moments of breathing into our menstrual cycle. It leaves no room for these words to come to us because we're constantly believing that we have to keep doing. And, and the psyche of a woman is that she will take on everything 
And we've seen this, you know, we see this in women on a day-to-day basis, but also research sees that, especially in this COVID time where women have had to work from home, look after their children, and perhaps a relative needs their help. So they will take that on and still do everything else. And it's it's just in there, you know, which is our capacity. That comes into our mother archetype. Our mother archetype can mother everyone and everything. That is the huge capacity that resides within her. This comes out in your ovulation in your inner summer. We have that that energy then. But in our in our winter, our menstruation when we're on our bleed, it's not there, but we push and we push and we push and it drains them so much that they believe that they are failing. And so they push even harder. And then they drain themselves even more and they believe that they're failing. And this is the cycle that we see over and over again. And this is what I want to support women to understand, that they don't have to be feeling the way that they're feeling. I want them to trust their body. I want them to I want them to feel happy in their body. You know, it took me a while to get there. And don't get me wrong, you wake up and days you think, oh, but I, I go back and I think, but that's just a conditioning, that conditioning that you've got to be skinny and white and blonde haired and blah, 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 all that crap. Doesn't mean that you're healthy and it certainly doesn't mean you're happy. And I look at my body and I think, wow, you know, you've got me this far. The things that you have done, amazing. And every woman can feel like that. Mm. Every woman can feel like that. But you've just got to be living your best life. That's the only reason like, why you wouldn't. Everything that you say, I'm just like smiling and nodding along like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's so fascinating. And particularly when you talk about how we push ourselves and, you know, when we're not ready to push ourselves, particularly when it comes to different points in our cycle. And I'm interested in why you think we do that. Like, is that our conditioning? Is it that we feel we have to sort of be at this particular standard or, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm, yeah, I'm really intrigued to hear why you think we do push ourselves that much. Well, like I said, it generally within a woman's psyche, we have the, we have the capacity to reach out and hold space and support, support, support that is inherently inside of us. But again, it comes down to, there are many factors, your conditioning, you know, the education that you receive. And I'm talking about, I remember when I was growing up and the magazines that I got, and it was all about losing, I mean, even back then for young young girls, uh, being slim and having a flat stomach and what, what boys like, you know, all of these really stupid things, but they, they make a big impression on a very young mind. Also as well, if you grow up in a traumatic childhood, this sets your nervous system to you know, the fight and flight response, you're, you're literally looking to escape any given situation. And so when you are in that state of mind, you can't slow down because to slow down, you have to take that deep breath that we spoke mm-hmm. about at the start and to be able to sit with yourself. And that can feel, feel very frightening and it can feel very dangerous. And so there are all these elements as to why we continuously push. But I suppose as well, there's an expectation from society in the, in the I believe it's the 60s and 70s, we was told we could have it all. You know, my mother-in-law says, look, we was told we could have it all. You could go to work, go to work, have children, have a family, have a social life. 
it, it was all new and exciting, wasn't it? Mm. But the responsibility wasn't shared when it came to the family. The woman just took everything on because that's what she thought she had to do. That's what she'd been told. And it was almost like, well, look, we're allowing you to go to work and, and, and have it all, but you've got to keep doing everything else yeah. that goes along with it. And so therein lies that consistent push. And then, you know, we've, we've got the old suffragettes, you know, to, to be seen and be heard. It's, there's, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But again, it's always the why. And I can sit here and say all day long, it's because of this, it's because of this. But if you're listening, why? If you are a pusher, why do you continuously push? What is it that drives you? Can you sit within that and find out? It's like We need to get over this copycat health and way of living. You know, just because someone else says that's what happens, it doesn't mean that's what it's not relevant to you. And this is, you know, one of the reasons that I set up Project Woman. Don't copy me. I don't want you to copy me. I want you to stand side by side with me. I want you to feel, is this right? And you can turn around and say, no, do you know what? I've tried that. It doesn't work for me. All right, let's look at something else. We're all in this to educate each other. You know, that, that's this is what life is all about as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think especially sort of, you know, in kind of modern days, we're so used to just having quick fixes and sort of just being able to almost take that ownership off of our own shoulders and find those quick fixes on, you know, just like you said, just following what other people are doing. It can feel quite uncomfortable to sit with yourself and be like, no, what do I need and what do I need to do? But I think that the moment you do, that is when you get to the good stuff, isn't it? That's when it's transformative. You have to kind of accept that it might be a little bit uncomfortable. Well, certainly that's what I found anyway, but sort of push through it, but in a way that, you know, obviously you don't want to push yourself too hard because then it comes back to the whole, like it then comes back to the sort of negative cycle, doesn't it? But yeah, I think it's so, so, so important. I mentioned that I had come off of my hormone contraception recently and for the first time in years started having actual periods and like I said I'm still learning so much about my body and my cycle so I'd love to talk to you about this you know I keep hearing the phrase like cyclical wisdom and everything that you talk about and being able to to sort of tap into the different seasons the different phases of our bleed of our period and I would love to just hear from you what you see as these sort of different phases and how as women we can harness them to their best potential I suppose. I want to drop a little bit of gold here (laughs) and that is your body knows how to cycle it's as simple as that but we think we don't and the reason that we think we don't is because we're not giving ourselves the time that we need. Now you know, I get a lot of time, and I suppose in any field you get this. You know, well, it's all right for you. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, I've I've got two small children. Uh, I've got a husband. We've got a home. I'm constantly evolving my my work. I'm constantly training. But what I know fundamentally is that to have space for myself is what makes me capable of doing what I have chosen in life. And that is to be a mother and a wife and, and to run my own business. If I don't get that that time to tune in and, and look after myself, I'm never going to know 
what I need. I'm never going to know what I'm feeling. And if you don't know what you need and what you're feeling, well, then how do you expect yourself to become cyclical? Because cyclical is about listening. And I gave a talk recently on the need to know. Knowledge comes from that listening. But what we've been listening to is someone else's perspective on what it is to be a woman. Now we have an opportunity to gain our own inner wisdom by listening to ourselves. But we need to create the space for it. Time. It's all about your time. Mm. And I, and I know, you know I've, I've just moved from London and there is no time or there was no time there. Mm. People are under the impression that they've just got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But you're only pushing yourself further away from who you are and can be, who you was born to be. And so always remember that your body knows how to cycle. you just got to listen to it. And you've got to give it a time and a space. And when we step into that, we can start to see and apply these different layers of menstrual cycle awareness. And the bottom one, which I think is the foundation, is the very simple, the, the follicular phase and the luteal phase. So this is from menstruation to ovulation. That's your follicular phase. From ovulation to menstruation, this is your luteal phase. This is also called the via positiva and the via negativa. When we look at these sides, so the follicular and the positiva are all about rising, growing, building, expanding. The luteal and the negativa is all about the unraveling, the surrendering, the letting go, the listening, the reflection. This is that foundation and you can start to apply this so easily when you think about it. You know, I know I did. Everyone rushes in with the seasons of the cycle, making sure that we get these right. But there's an undercurrent to that that we want to start with. That's the foundation. Yeah. And then on top of that, we we build the, the, the four seasons. And so our menstruation is our inner winter, time of our bleed. Our inner spring is the follicular side, which is all about that energy starting to bubble up. We've got our ovulation, which is that, that I spoke of the mother archetype, which is all about standing in your power, standing in your power. And then we've got that luteal phase and the inner autumn, which is about the reflection and the unraveling. And so the seasons just support themselves. And when we are in harmony with that, when we can listen to each of those, we are able to flow. When we ignore one of those seasons and we, we push and we push and we push, we, we, we end up like pulling the fuse, really. We end up cutting that circuit. And so this is when we start to feel really tired or lacking or emotional and we start to carry that into the next cycle. And then what we do is we push even more on that and we carry that into the next cycle. And so we just start working backwards, really depleting ourselves. Mm. Yeah. I really love that you said about kind of starting with the foundations first, because you're right that everything I've kind of read, like it really does go straight in with the, you need to be sort of leaning into all of these seasons in the right way and blah, 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 blah. But actually, if you don't have that sort of awareness of the foundations of what the core of your sort of cycle is, 
I feel like you can just become a bit lost. And that's certainly how I think I've been feeling, to be perfectly honest. It's just fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what, darling? When a lot of women come off of the of, uh, contraceptive, you know, it's a bit of limbo for a little bit. But you've, again, we've just got to trust our body. Yeah. And, it, and, and this is another factor that we've never been taught to trust our body in this today's society it's seen that the body can't deal with anything mm. and but it can it's social I mean if it couldn't we wouldn't be here as a race if you think about it you know we've evolved so much but that our brains our immune system it it, it strives for survival it wants to survive and so we have to trust that but again, we've never been encouraged to find out about our bodies, to feel our bodies. You know, I, 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 my perspective of this is, you know, this country, very religious back in the day, you know, whether it was Protestant or Catholic, and the body was a sin. You know, like to, you couldn't touch yourself, you know, sex, woo! And, and there is still that underlying current there, you know, which we are slowly starting to break through slowly starting to break through but it is about it's about finding a space that allows you to trust your body and to believe in your body and that your body is absolutely amazing as it as it is yeah definitely and that actually leads me on to the one one of the things that I wanted to talk about is how I feel like there's still this big kind of taboo when talking about cycles and menstruation and it's almost like you say the word period sometimes and people are like oh like and they cringe and it's it, I mean it just blows my mind to be honest and I'm interested to hear where you think that comes from and how to combat it because actually what you've just said then about how we still have that undercurrent of feeling like our bodies we can't really connect with them and that there's a you know there's still this sort of sin there do you think that that has something to do with it? So the research that I have gathered, you know, women lost their voice and they lost their right as an equal human being when the church came in. Because these women, especially these witches, which it means wisdom, mm. yeah, they were held very high within their society, within their community and, and their villages and their tribes. And the church couldn't have that because they didn't want anyone to believe that there was anyone else other than God. And so the witch became actually something to be fearful of. And so we had to start hiding this knowledge and this passion and, you know, all of this, you know, in inverted commas, magic as mm. such. Um, and it became a whisper. And, it, you know, we had to keep it under the radar. And it, it stayed that way for a long time until the likes of these suffragettes started mm. speaking up, you know, wanting their voice back, believing that they deserve to have their voice back. That discussion of women's health and, and the period, you know, it is just basically shame that holds that in a whisper. Just shame. And when we start breaking through the emotional boundaries of that, we start looking into the fact that it's just part of being a woman. Just part of being a woman. But the more that we speak about it, the more we start breaking through that. And people, I get these questions all the time about, you know, what do these big corporate companies need to do? Yes, they do need to be active in it, but we have to have the confidence to go, I'm on my period. Yeah, definitely. What support is there, especially if you do suffer with periods? 
You know, there's there's women out there that can barely get out of bed. But for them, you know, I, I offer you this space as to why is that happening? Mm. And this is something that I've got my women's clinic and, you know, I, I do um, in person or surrogacy is to get to the root cause of why your periods are, are limiting you with pain. If you are flooding, you know, this can all be rectified with not only emotional work, but nutrition and so many factors. But you don't have, I come back again, you don't have to be experiencing this, but we've all got to be speaking up together to get this conversation changed. Yeah, I think you're so right because, you know, I even think back to, you know, when I, before I had my business and I would feel like I couldn't say to my employer, I really feel bad with my period today. You know, I need to take things a bit slower or maybe can I work from home? I just, I would never have said that. And I'm angry at myself that I wouldn't because I think that you're completely right that it is actually our job to be more open about it. And if they have, you know, if other people have a problem, that's their problem. That's not our problem. That's their issue if they don't want to hear about that. But there really is no reason that we should feel ashamed to talk about it. But yeah, it's, it's but not, look, yeah. You- this is this is the this is the interesting thing, right? The reason that you didn't speak up was because you didn't know that that was available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you didn't know that you didn't have to be feeling this way. You didn't know that this was a bad thing to be happening. You didn't know that you couldn't talk about it. Mm. See, that's the difference. This is you know this is where this is where the gold is. We do not know what we don't know, and. To even think about that without that knowledge of there being something behind that for us to walk towards, it's terrifying. Mm. So, again, and, and you know, I'm, I want to hold you in that, in that feeling, that anger towards yourself for not speaking up. But, my darling, how could you have? Yeah. There wasn't even space there to, to entertain that. So, again, can you see how... Really, we are unraveling so many emotions within this. There are so many emotional ties towards this. The the anger, the fear, the the grief. And I I do a lot of work with women uh, going through menopause and perimenopause. And these women, you know, basically they get to this point and they're having to say goodbye to something they never said hello to. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so we are looking at, you know what? You feel that grief. Mm. How does that grief feel? And they might want to scream and shout and be so angry, but they're allowed to feel that way. And Mm. that's where the processing is, is to allow that out of the body. And it's the same with the menstrual cycle of feeling that anger for having to hold all of that pain together for such a long time. You know, what does that anger want to do? Does it want to hit something? Does it want to throw a pillow around the room? You know, Guess what? You can do that. That's yeah. that. That is it. You can do that. We have been limited in our expression for such a long time because society doesn't approve of freedom of expression when it when it comes from a more, I'm going to say, animalistic side. But we have to appreciate that by doing that, you elevate your health in so many ways. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm just like nodding like a little nodding dog at the moment. Like my head's just <laughs> going to fall off my neck. It's so 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 true. You've already mentioned earlier about Project Women, but I would love to know a little bit more about it and what it is that you've created with it and, yeah, what you're offering. 
Thank you, Donna. So Project Woman is basically a space for you to be more you. There are, you know, there's no judgment, no, no, hold, no bars hold or whatever the, the saying is. I want <laughs> you to show up every day, however you want. And I do this. I have the, the seven-week online course. The next one starts in October, on October the 4th. And this is where we understand what your body is and how it feels. We look at the stressors that are currently surrounding you and nutrition. We look at those seasons of the cycle and we put it all together for you to, 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 to work out what it is that makes your uh, menstrual cycle a happier and more liberating experience. And then with that, I have the Project Woman membership. And again, I encourage the women to use this as like a journal. So you get on and you're like, day 21, and I just want the, I want a bottle of wine. And then everyone <laughs> comes in and goes, but don't. Like, what is it that you really need? Yes. What is it you want to say? And we realized that we just needed to tell someone something or blah, blah, blah. There's uh, movement classes that cover strength, yoga, um, emotional work that go within the seasons of your cycle so you wherever you're at you can kind of pick one and, and, and move there's talks on there from really great women in the health and well-being field I'm always uh, offering the latest in understanding and research and biohacks it's just information there for you to to experience and then see if it works for you yeah it sounds amazing and I know that movement is something that is obviously very important to you isn't it when it comes to this and yeah it's kind of just as you were talking it was making me think about sort of my movement practice and I suppose even things like because I love yoga so I suppose it's like having more restorative yin practices during that winter season and then something like a bit more upbeat like ashtanga during the sort of yeah also I loved when you said the word liberated by the way that just like oh tingles you know is that the type of thing that you're talking about when it comes to tapping into movement as well yeah I work with strength because I I realize and I know now that women lose their muscle mass when they get to their mid-30s and it's so important that you maintain that and so I focus a lot on strength and in a winter for me is all about freedom, free, free movement and exploring with beautiful music, just moving and playing with movement. And then we, we move up in to your um, follicular phase and your ovulation. And, and it's just all about strength training, mm-hmm. all about strength, but being fun with it. And it's not time consuming. Most of these practices are like 30 minutes. And then we come round into the luteal phase and we're looking at more, I, I, I do Budokan yoga and, and martial arts type yoga and, and mobility to just keep those joints nice and happy. But, you know, there's there's so many different applications. But And I'm, I'm getting in other teachers now. There's an Ashtanga teacher coming in from Miami that's going to be teaching. And we're just building, building Project Women so that you get um, all, everything that you need. It sounds incredible. And I'm going to put all the details of it in the show notes as well. So... One of the other things that I wanted to talk about is I feel like we're actually told a lot of lies about sort of mental lies, maybe is a bit of a harsh word, but about menstruation when we're younger, or rather there's certain things that we're not told. You know, I think about my own childhood and I was put on the pill way before I was sexually active for my skin and I didn't have acne. I just had a couple of teenage like pimples, like I didn't need to be put on that. And at the time I was never told about any of the risks, any of the side effects, anything like that. And, you know, even more recently, 
I was put on the contraceptive injection and I was never told any of the side effects of that. And it actually made me really, really poorly. And, you know, we're told that if a penis even looks at you, you're going to get pregnant. And it's just, there's so many things I feel like we're told to and not told. And it just, it makes me really, I don't know, it does make me quite angry that this happens. Why do you think that we're fed this narrative or rather not told the things that we're supposed to be told? This is a really delicate conversation because it brings up a woman's freedom of choice. Mm. And I and I get that, right? But I don't think a lot of people realise that the pill is not licensed for skin issues. It shouldn't be really given out for anything other than what it is fundamentally intended for. And even that, we now know that this causes inflammation within the body and that long-term can create the pill PCOS. You know, there's so many things that can occur. Sometimes it doesn't. But why, again, the question is, why are you taking the pill? And I had one woman say to me, she was in her early 20s, the doctor told me I was highly fertile. I said, yes, because you're in your 20s. Of course you're highly fertile. You're in your 20s. No, no, but I'm really highly fertile. No, I, no, I get that. Of course you are. You're in your 20s. But they told me that I'll get easily pregnant. Uh, you will. Around about four days in your cycle, you have that around ovulation. But she just couldn't. She just couldn't compute that. And we are, again, so conditioned. I, you know, I don't want to get into the big pharma type conversation. That's another uh, podcast all in itself. But they earn a lot of money and the doctors earn a lot of money from prescribing what they do. Now, I'm not saying all doctors. Sometimes the pill can be incredibly effective. But long term, I don't believe that you need to be taking it. I don't. And I, your menstrual cycle is your, your contraceptive. You've got four days out of your month that you could get pregnant. That's it. Four days you don't have sex for, you know, or you use condoms. It's not that much of an inconvenience, I don't believe. But then again, it all comes back to the way you perceive life and what inconvenience is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, when we get to, when we get to the core root of that is that, do you believe that you're an inconvenience? Because that's really what the pill plays on. If you look at it deeply, that's what it plays on. Having a womb is an inconvenience. Mm. Men just want to have sex whenever they want to have sex. You know, I want you readily available. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That is just, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know until, like literally until I decided that I wanted to come off of, um, stop having the injection. And then obviously I started to look into everything. I didn't realise that we only had like four days that we could get pregnant. And I'm like, I'm 30 in a few months. Like, how have I gone this long with not without knowing that? It's just, it's mind blowing, isn't it? But yeah, it's, uh, you're right. It's exactly that, you know, we are taught to believe that we are an inconvenience and that our womb is an inconvenience and that we should be at the beck and call of, you know, men. Yeah, literally beck and call of the penis. <laughs> Might get that made into a t-shirt or something. <laughs> Dragon's Den. (laughs) Here I come. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) I also really wanted to talk about hormones. You know, we often talk about them with disdain, like, you know, oh, I'm so hormonal today. And oh, you know, I can tell that you're really hormonal. And it's 
often has that sort of negative edge attached to it. But I know that you're very much not about that. You're about harnessing your hormones and recognizing them. So I'd really love to hear about that and how you think people can have a better relationship with their hormones. Again, it comes back to that time factor. You know, your your hormones are the messengers and basically you get their signals through your emotions. But what we're doing is we're transferring our emotions to the neg all the time. You know, the anxiety, the overwhelm. Really and truthfully, what generally, because I, I, I run a women's clinic where um, I use kinesiology to address this for women. And most of the time, this is all about their blood sugars being out. Your blood sugars is, is you, you support those with your nutrition and your food. And that they're doing too much because your stress response, when we are in a chronic stress state, and the issue now is that women don't even know that they're that stressed, is that you will steal from your menstrual cycle, your hormones, to make more stress response. So, you know, this is why it is so important for that time factor, even if it's just 10 minutes throughout the day. But your hormones are a superpower. You know, they are what effectively make you more you, and they want you to thrive and survive. But when we are applying poor nutrition, we are allowing society to dictate what we should be doing and we're giving too much. We're not looking after ourselves with, you know, protocols that, that work specifically for us, our yoga, our weightlifting, you know, meditation, all that something. Your hormones are, you know, they're literally running on empty, basically. But you can always turn them around. This is the thing. They're always trying to come back to homeostasis. They're always trying to come back to balance. That's what they're doing consistently, bringing you back to balance. But, you know, your estrogen, your your progesterone, your testosterone, there's other hormones in there. They are what make you and your cycle a beautiful flow, really. There's signals there. They're they're, they're telling you something. They're a communication. And you've just got to understand what that communication is. And I come back which sounds like a cliche by the end of this conversation, <laughs> time, yeah. time. Absolutely. And do you think that when you sort of talk about, you know, this time, can that, can the way we use time look different for us? You know, could it just be that you are, so I think for me, that would look like sitting in meditation and trying to tap into how I'm feeling and, any you know, welcoming those sort of lessons to come to me. But can it sort of look different for people, how they utilize that time to tap into their hormones and their cycle? Absolutely. If I use myself as an example, I know the first thing in the morning is my kind of tuning in. It's meditation, it's breath, it's a bit of sound, there might be a little bit of movement there. That's kind of like my, my or journaling, that, that's that time. And then Later on that day, if it's a movement day, it could either be that I am strength training or I am doing my mobility or my mixed movement. You're listening. You're listening to what your body is capable of and you are, you're gathering that information. You're gathering data. Yeah. If you do an exercise, if you do a strength train one day and you literally don't have it in you, was that really the right time? Mm, yeah. Or, you know, was, was you, have you eaten enough? This is another issue that we're seeing a lot of, that women, their, their nutrition is so out, they're not eating enough because the mindset is still eat less, exercise more. I'm eating too much. You know, I don't want to put on weight. But guess what? 
It's not weight you're putting on, it's hormones. You're putting on hormones. This is difference. We've got to stop getting this calorific. I we've got to get it out of our head. It's not about the calories, it's about nutrition. Nutritional food will support happy hormones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all there. I need to get so much better at that. I'm just thinking about even last night I had um my aerial silks class and I just felt so weak. Like I just was really struggling to do even the most simple moves. And I was getting really wound up with myself. Like, you know, you can normally do this of what's wrong with you, but actually that wasn't the right narrative. I should have thought, okay, why can I not do the things that I normally can do? You know, yeah, where am I in my cycle? Have I eaten enough today? Did I sleep enough last night? Like, but the immediate thing that I will often go to will just be to blame myself. Like I'm just being rubbish. I'm being crap. Like pull yourself out of it. But it's not, it's not that. You're going to your core wound. You're going to what society is conditioned for you to believe that you've done something wrong. What else can you buy? Mm, yeah. <laughs> what else can you be told? You know, it's it's all there. You know, I, I, I'm not conspiracy theorist, but I've spent a lot of time analysing and looking at this and we are just feeding that matrix, you know, and we're supporting that and we're topping everything else up mm. except for ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I could just listen to you talk all day. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, thanks, love. How are you? Oh, thank you. Little love fest. <laughs> so I'd love to sort of close this, I suppose, more interviewee part of the podcast by asking you for just a few tips for anyone who is new to, I suppose, getting in touch with their cycle that they could start trying out to learn more about it and start to benefit from it okay easiest one is get a pad of paper and write the days one two whatever your cycle is yeah if you don't know what that is sweet now you start counting from the first day of your bleed that's number one and then you work towards the next uh, cycle yeah and then in that you can write down an emotion for the day or you if you're if you if you can create that time where you write i felt this in the morning this in the afternoon this in the evening awesome yeah and then you start to look at your patterns so over the course of 3 to 4 months if you look back and you see day 21 i'm using me as an example again was a day that you needed wine and there was this just you know oh life i'm failing i'm failing i'm failing then you can start to see mm this is where I transition into my inner autumn when my hormones start to lower. I'm having a progesterone pull, yeah, withdrawal. I need to rest a little bit more. I need to slow it down a little bit. I need to make sure I've got the right food there because we need 200 more calories in our luteal phase. You know, so it's that's the easiest way of starting. Find out how many days you've got in your cycle. Chart your emotions. And start to look for your habits, and then and then you start moving on. It's keep it as simple as that. I know it's probably just a coincidence, but I'm on day 21 at the moment. I and I massively feel like I need to chill the fuck out. Like I'm literally like, I mean, I said at yeah. the beginning, I'm going to be spending the day in bed today just writing, and I'm really hungry as well. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, because you need the the food, so the calories. So get that food in, get that energy into your body. I never yeah. knew about the needing more calories. That is absolutely fascinating. Oh, well, this has just been 
a dream, to be honest. Um, so I always Thanks close my podcasts by asking you what your like free things that fuel your creative fire. So this could be a certain piece of music. It could be a type of movement. It could be, you know, getting outside like we talked about at the beginning. So yeah, I would love to know what your free are. So music is definitely my one. And Bonobo Kerala is one of my top 10 tunes. I absolutely love it. It just gets me moving. Being out in nature, whether that is by water or in a forest, that is just what inspires me and oh gosh I've got so many actually I I mean you can say more than three (laughs) I've got to say art and being able to draw and paint is 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 another great love of mine yeah and um, obviously my movement just the the expression and my children Yes. Oh, that's gorgeous. What a lovely note to end on. Oh, thank you so, 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 so much, Abby. This has been just incredible. And it's been so lovely to have this proper conversation with you. I know we've sent like a few like voice notes to each other before and obviously follow each other on socials, but it's been really, really wonderful to spend the morning with you. So thank you. And you, darling. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness, I cannot thank Abby enough for taking the time to chat to me. I loved every second of it. You can find Abby on Instagram at abbyadams underscore MMA and on her website, abbyadams.co.uk. Be sure to check out more information on Project Woman. I'm actually going to be a part of it as well. How exciting. If you liked this episode, please hit follow or subscribe. And if you're feeling super generous, maybe you could leave it a little review. Your support means so much to me. Until then, stay curious and keep searching. Goodbye.